Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. another episode of uh, Forlorn Dopes, Tales from Them. <clears throat> that includes myself, Cyber Smiley. And me, Wisdom. Greetings, programs. It is good to be here yet again. It is. So, start off with our ramblings of what's going on in the cyberpunk world. Um, As all. Yeah, so... The only thing that I'm aware of that's coming up is the peripheral, which is supposed to be coming out next week on Amazon Prime. Yeah, <coughs> it'll be nice to see Gibson on the screen again. It will be. Um, still no news on anything else like uh, Mega City One. Um, and there's a few other things that are out there that they never really came to fruition. Yeah, sadly, I think. Mega might might just turn into vapor. It's been in development for years now. They've been talking about it, and uh, I don't know. It might be as likely as another season of Firefly at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen trailers for what was it? Tyrone gets a clone or something like that with Jamie Fox. Um, that's supposed to be coming out soonish. Which again, it looks more like a kind of cyber. Well, it does look like a goof, um, but it also looks like it's more based in they clone Tyrone. That's it. Um, it looks like it's more based in the seventies, eighties, as opposed to a near future. You know, I'm okay with that. I, I love 70s and 80s style exploitation films, so 
if it's it looks and sounds like they're going in that direction mm-hmm. <clears throat> um but it could be a good story for for a cyberpunk campaign you know sure i mean i've always had this background project in my head of like cyberpunk meets black exploitation i'd call it cyberpunk and uh yeah there you go i, mean, I like that cyberpunk yeah, <laughs> afros and biomax man i mean it does it, big medallions and 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 flying cars like does it get any would it get any better no no it wouldn't <clears throat> um I think the Dark Horse published the latest, um, was it the Blackout series? Um, Yeah. But they still have yet to give the last version of uh, I Give You My Word. And that's the series I love. Sorry, you have my word. They need to... They haven't announced anything new yet either, which mm-hmm. is boring. But with the popularity of Edge Runners, I, I would imagine we're still going to get some stuff. Hopefully, uh, fingers fingers definitely crossed on that. Um, they're talking about a new novel, like uh, they're starting a, a novel series. Based on 2077. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, I forget the name of the author. Let me... Just one moment. I'll look that up really quick. Uh, I had posted something on the... Ah, No Coincidence. Um, by Raf... Rafat Rafat. Kosick? Uh, Rafal Kosick. Uh, it's supposed to be about a group of strangers as they discover the dangers of Night City. Huh. Um, it'll be coming out in August of 2023. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so... so it only took uh, 30 years but we're finally getting new novels for Cyberpunk. Well, new novels for Cyberpunk 2077, right? It's all the same universe. It is the same universe. Um, And it's likely, you know, what we're going to get going forward. Um, They've also announced a, a sequel to 2077. I know we spoke about that last week, but I'm still super excited about it. Uh, and, and hopefully they, it will be new characters. And they also have a competition currently uh, for um, people to come up with music, original uh, oh, yeah. songs uh, to uh, contribute. Um, yeah, if, there's going to be a new radio station in, in the update, uh, Phantom Liberty. Yeah. And like you said, they're they're holding a contest for people to s- submit music. So I'm kind of hoping. Uh, oh, uh, Miracle of Sound throws something their way because I, I some of the songs are kind of cheesy and they're all about the games that he writes about. But 
they're all they also all like take place within the universe of the video games that he writes songs about. So I I wouldn't mind seeing him get some representation. Yeah, and there's a cash prize for songs that are selected, like three grand, I believe. So yeah, you are getting paid for it. Um, I think they're choosing the top fifteen songs. Yeah, anybody out there who's an amateur musician or even professional who just wants to be thrown in, uh, yeah, submit your stuff. And I guess uh, uh, Sasha Gray is going to be the DJ. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, uh, go to the website for CDPR, CD Project Red, and, and throw your submission in. Um, or... Uh, if you also want to send us a preview of it, we'll we'll talk about it and give it an on-air uh, review. Uh, Most definitely, we like music. We do like music. <laughs> um, haven't heard uh, too much on the Artelsorian front um, on anything coming gosh. out or, or coming soon. Um, I do expect uh, Mr. Uh, Jay Gray to be uh, being on our next episode, which is November 2nd, I think. Just Looking forward to that. Yeah, November 2nd. Um, so we'll just need to finalize it with him. Um, hopefully he'll be able to join us and, and we can talk a little bit about Cyberpunk uh, Red and what's going on forward and what's planned any type of uh, new news or schedule um, and just give him get some feedback from him so definitely looking forward to that uh, on my site front uh, I haven't done too much there's a couple tweaks mostly bug fixes I've done to my site uh, recently um, I have a few things that I'm kind of working on uh, to improve a couple of the different sections on the site I'm starting to not think I might do a um, cyberpunk red character generator just because it seems like the uh, red companion um, it now has a a web interface so I don't know if I should compete with them or or if I do compete with them if uh, Altar Serene rather uh, bank with them as opposed to me so it is what it is I can always ask Jay uh, when he's on and yeah. Uh, talk. I I'm very excited to see them getting a better a better web presence. Uh, I I'd like to see Cyberpunk 2020 get some love. I realize that's a pipe dream at this point. Um, that that red is 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 the wave of the future. Uh, but yeah. yeah. I mean, there's not much they can do with with 2020 right now. You know, most of the no. they generalize the areas enough for DMs and referees alike to pick up and put in whatever they want. Um, they definitely need to flesh out the time between 2020 and, and red uh, and start filling in the gaps there, um, because again, there's there's just so much stuff. <laughs> they put out for 2020 that really needs to be looked at and uh, updated. Agreed. Um, they've they've got a long way to go uh, in a, in regards to you know 
fleshing out the world of red. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they how they move forward forward with that. Um, hell, I'm just glad the property's alive again and 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 moving. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, and we should. They can twenty to us old grognards still running our sites. Yeah. And I'm surprised or, we haven't gotten a DLC lately. Because it seemed like they were putting it out almost one a month. And yeah. Was back um, in August. Has it been that long? Yeah, it looks like it. According to their site. I'm sure they're hmm. right now busy at work getting, I think, what was it, the... Um, Danger Girl dossier, I think, is the next yeah, supplement that's Danger coming Girl out. Yeah, Danger Girl dossier, black chrome, and apparently there's, like, rusted chrome now. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about that, but they announced that, which is supposed to be, like, all around nomads. Yeah, uh, but I think that's still in the infancy. Company. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But, uh... Yeah. No man's getting some love, you know. I'm always for that. Yep, you and your nomads, the dirty, rotten scoundrels that they are. I mean, I think you mean free, freedom-loving, freedom-loving rascals. That's that's what they are. Bunch of cannibals. Gary, cannibals. Told me. Yeah, Gary the prophet told me. <laughs> Gary's an asshole. We we all know that. Guess. That dirty bum sleeping on a on a mattress in an alley. <laughs> but that's where the truth comes from, man. That is, in fact, where the truth comes from. There is, there is no denying it. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of it for it's quick pre-ramble uh, discussion of what's currently uh, in cyberpunk world and what's kind of currently going on with our sites. Um, actually, I'm going to be starting uh, my High Rider campaign next week, so kind of look forward Man, to that's that. Cool. Yeah, so, and it's it's very interesting because I got two players who their last year in their life path, both were in jail. And two other players whose life path they're wanted by law enforcement. Um, I still have a fifth player who's well, still working on his character. In space. Yeah. Yeah, so I I'm, love it. I'm starting it based on a, or they're going to start off in a um, orbital penitentiary. Similar to. Fortress uh, what's that? Fortress 2. I was thinking of um, the. Oh, who's that guy? Guy Pierce movie. Okay. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, it's a movie that was basically a kind of near future. Um, Guy Pierce is like a, a cop who. Uh, who's kind of like got thrown out because you know of course he's a maverick like 
all good cops. Um, and he's basically contracted because I don't know if it's the president's daughter or, or some official's daughter uh, was doing a um, like an interview on the, on the space station of a prison. Um, and he sent up to go and retrieve her. Hmm. So, like... Came out early, like in the early 2000s. Escape from L.A. in space, huh? Kind of, but it's a penitentiary, right? So it's a prison. And basically the prisons take over the whole facility. Um, it's definitely after L.A. Confidential. And it was a name that didn't really match with with uh with what it was where is that lockout fortress 2 was That's a uh, christopher lambert it's a sequel to a christopher lambert movie yeah. uh but was that in space the second one was i think it's it's been a long time since i watched it <clears throat> Uh, the first one, no. The first one was just a big prison out in the middle of the desert. I think I'm pretty sure the second one was in space. They think '80s Christopher Lambert science fiction kind of runs into each other after a while. '90s, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen Lockout, you should definitely go and check it out if you can. It's definitely very cyberpunkish. I will definitely look that up. I did get around to watching uh, the car too. Oh yeah, and it was freaking cyberpunk. It was, yeah. Thank you for recommending that. It was, it was nice. Uh, it was good fun. Very weird cyberpunkish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that they kept the like supernatural aspects of the original the car to a minimum, even though the car shows up. Um, instead, it runs kind of like the Revenge Road episode of Bubblegum Crisis. If the dude... Well, no, not really. Uh, just go watch it. it. It's a good movie. It's very cyberpunk. Yeah, everybody listening, go watch the car too. Well, from from a cyberpunk game point of view, you could basically have someone soul killed and they like get downloaded into a a car's computer. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly <laughs> what happens. And um, takes the car and goes I on a rampage. In cyberpunk, like practical applications for something like that, uh, you know. Like, is it really all that different putting a biopod in a car as it would be to a full-body conversion? I mean, that would work. Or a biopod um, in a tank? I ran a... In one of my games, I had a uh, an AI-controlled uh, sports car. So it's... it's uh, yeah, it works. Like, it definitely makes for an interesting campaign idea. Um, that was part of that whole uh, Night City scramble. <laughs> they won that race. 
and then the rest of the campaign was you know the corporations and the and mercenaries being sent after him to try and retrieve the car nice yeah you've done a lot of campaigns i mean i, I yeah i've I played a lot of cyberpunk and I ran it almost exclusively for like 20, 25 years. Um, yeah, the problem is I didn't run it for like a decade or two because I lost a lot of my players. <clears throat> yeah, luckily, the only time I've ever had a, a problem finding players was during covid when or and after my after my heart surgery uh when i just didn't have the energy to really do or care about much of anything um but then i met you guys online and yep i didn't meet you i mean i've known you for like 20 years now but we started hanging out and playing online uh so that alleviated a lot of the covid stress true uh but yeah, that was probably the longest period I've gone without gaming. Um, when 3rd edition D&D dropped, I did stop running Cyberpunk for about four years. That was that was the longest active gaming stretch where I wasn't focused on Cyberpunk. Yeah, again, with me, it was like the players I... Or the people who did game were gaming D&D almost exclusively and weren't, weren't necessarily willing to invest in, in any other type of game other than fantasy because we also yeah, played like it's, castle it's... and crusades and i think earth dawn was another one but cyberpunk was never never it, they were never really interested in it yeah it's a hard sell going like getting people who are uh hardcore D D players to really bust out of that shell and if you have a have a game that doesn't have any magic yeah it's like pulling teeth it's it's not hard to sell a dungeons and dragon player on shadow true uh, which is why it eventually like in the 80s and 90s like why it eventually pulled the head uh because it's just an easier sell to your standard gamer. Yeah, and I think um, also with Shadowrun, you know, with FASA, FASA was definitely a bit of a bigger company uh, than Alcorsarian yeah. at the time. So I think they could push out more product and, and dive into different uh, medias, right? So I think Shadowrun, because it was FASA, right, they had their, the... The guy who started FASA also started um, working or creating a media division of FASA, which led to the Battletech computer game, which also led into the, the Shadowrun game. So they had that kind of avenue. And then <clears throat> they also had a lot of, they also stressed like the novels, like especially with all yeah, their lines. They, they really broke out into the multimedia. Like I said, they were just a, a powerhouse in the in the especially in the nineties, and it it allowed them to pull ahead, and they stayed ahead for a long time. Really, it wasn't wasn't until now that cyberpunk started seeing bigger numbers. Very true. 
So, speaking of cyberpunk, um, let's get into tonight's topic, which is uh, we're going to uh, start dissecting uh, live and direct. Uh, a splat book specifically for the media, and it kind of applies to the Rocker Boy. I know we're going to try to tackle the Rocker Boy supplement as well, um, but there, there's a lot of stuff that kind of cross blends with with Rocker Boy and media, especially when it comes to uh, you know the big corporations and, and how media is done within within the genre. So the writers of this supplement were Lisa Smedman. Lisa Smedman. Uh, That's actually a fairly large name. She's she's a novelist. Uh, most most popularly known for her for her Forgotten Realms and Shadowrun books, like we were just talking about. Um, in she used to write for a magazine called. Uh, Oh, what was it called? Um, uh, Adventure or something like that? Did it. Adventures Unlimited. And during her time writing for that, she actually wrote three uh, Cyberpunk 2020 specific adventures um, about 15 years ago, I want to say. I reached out to her, uh, and she gave me permission to host those adventures on Data Fortress 2020. Um, nice. Death Song, Ride the Divine Whirlwind. Whirlwind and Road Warriors. They're all pretty good adventures. Um, so, yeah. She's she's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think I've read any of her Forgotten Realms. Then again, I started reading the Forgotten Realms back in the 90s and kind of stopped afterwards. Um, uh, <clears throat> last one of hers I read was part of the Spider Queen... Wars thing. She wrote a book called Extinction, uh, part of a trilogy of books. She like all three of them were done by different authors, and then I think she did the last one. Uh, it was to tie into whatever event was going on in the Forgotten Realms in oh, I want to say two thousand six, two thousand seven, somewhere around there. It was a good novel. I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it's it's Forgotten Realm stuff, so yep. Uh, then if we have. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Then we have uh, Will Will Moss, uh, who's done other uh, Talsorian stuff. Um, Steph Steph Brochu. That's how you pronounce it. I think that's how you pronounce it. And Mike yeah, Rutter. Um, Steph and uh, Mike. I don't think they've been in other supplements, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Steph and Mike. I don't. I, I I don't recall them working on anything else. But uh, Will and Lisa, yeah, they're they're pretty big names. Will's done a lot. Yeah. So, um, art's done by uh, Chris Huckabout, our favorite cyberpunk uh, illustrator. Uh, C. Print yeah. Brent uh, Ferguson, Carrie. He, Brent Ferguson also did work for Atlas Games, and uh, I want to say he did the art for Green War, I think. Um, he also did a comic in, in the 90s called uh, Terminal Drift, I think. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. He introduced... It was 
basically edge runners versus the Pope. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Sounds interesting. Um, Kari Polkovich, Fitz, Mark Schumann, and uh, Dave Ackerman Gray. Yeah. <coughs> of course, Mark Sherman did Dave the. Uh, another veteran of uh, Talsorian games. He also did the art layout, and uh, yeah. I, I don't know who Mark Schumann is or Terry Polkovich for that well, matter. Mark but, Schumann uh, did the back cover or part or colored the back cover, sorry. Yeah, he also did all the interior shading, so makes sense. Um so again there's an introduction, kinda gets you into like most of the splat books, kinda get you into the whole atmosphere of what's going on. Um, it is a it is a five or a three page introduction. It's it's I gotta say it, it it's printed on like a gray background, so black and gray with like a brick layout going on. It's the book gets hard to read at points. Mm. Um, just just to just to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very dense reading, <laughs> to say the least. It is. And there's not too much breakup of, of that dense reading to like kind of take your mind off of whatever subject it is. Um, so the first yeah. chapter kind of gets into the history of media, where it was um, for before the 20th century. Uh, then it gets into when... And again, when it talks about media, it actually... For each gen um, era, they segmented out into the different uh, genres. Um, well, most of it. So it, it kind of makes it a lot thicker <laughs> to read going through it. Um, and again, you know, you always want to read where it came from and then where it's going. Uh, that was interesting to read about the um, Stewart Act and how censorship kind of locked down I, I think I mean that's a pay, page and a third that they dedicated to that I think they could have condensed it down into a couple more paragraphs um, I mean really that's kind of indicative of the whole book though yeah uh, just to give everybody a warning this this is a, one of the larger books from Martel Sorian but it's it's pretty much all flavor um, it's all lore uh, there's, there's no real, there's no real rules. There's no real gear or tech or anything like that. It's, it's flavor. Yeah. 97 pages worth of flavor. <laughs> Dense flavor, like lots of it. Yeah. And then after the Stewart Act, uh, when elections started coming back, then it talks about how the corporations took over, um, and how the cor the two main corporate medias, which is uh, DMS and uh, Network 54, or Net 54, um, basically control almost all the media. Which is weird, because you have, you know, WNS, which is another media organization within the world. But it always seems yeah. like those 
those other two are, are the main focus and those are the ones that do media which i don't know i suppose it's it's the same so, thing it always comes off more of like a entertainment type thing whereas wns uh, is specifically yeah. towards news yeah i get that i got that backwards duh i'm, I'm an idiot um But it's it's yeah kinda, you kind of see where they're going. Uh, you get the idea that basically it's it's CNN, NBC, and Fox News, mm. and they're very interchangeable as to which is which, depending on what you're reading at any given moment. Exactly, and of course, there's the what they call the quiet corporate war in between all these organizations. And I think you learn a little more about how that quiet war is waged between the media and corporations. Um, the second chapter, which is tools of the media, uh, basically does a breakdown of the different types of media, whether it's print, which of course is dead except for screen sheets. Um, yeah. Television, radio, uh, yeah. movies, and uh, uh, brain dance. It's very brief. Yeah, brain dance. There's a very brief mention of the internet, where they just kind of glom over it because this was written in the in the 90s, where really no one could have foreseen just how powerful the internet would be and how how almost thoroughly it has destroyed traditional forms of of media yep um it's it's in a lot of the way in a lot of ways the book is 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 fairly prophetic in how the media has changed and uh how corporates pretty much control every every notion of of what gets released uh but in other ways it's extremely dated because all these media outlets um really just kind of no longer exist mm. but the one thing i like is it talks about the mainstream versus the underground uh and indeed and like you pointed out, it, there's very little brief of the net. However, the only thing that you get from the net is the underground news, whether you're going to uh, BBSs um, in the net and finding information out there. Yeah, it. Uh, the, all the people who worked on this book are humongous fans of Pump Up the Volume. Well, pump up the volume and probably max headroom. Yeah, that too. Um, I think I think max headroom kind of goes without saying, though, because if you if you're a cyberpunk fan, you're you, you're a max headroom fan because yeah, that's so influential on the genre. Yep. Yeah, I mean, to me, some there is some goodness in here. Um, specifically when it gets into like the pirate stations and the underground revelation of, of news um, 
but it also you got to read the 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 corporate version because you're getting you're getting propaganda versus what the reality is and of course yeah it's interesting that they talk about um was it dr paradox here which i think there is a few shards about dr paradox in in, uh, 2077 um Uh, yes there are and his crazy rants um uh you get some more uh goodness from cj o'reilly from the solo of fortune books Um, then it gets into music uh, and talks about how music is controlled. Again, that's why it's kind of a blend of some rocker boy stuff, uh, but it's not necessarily a music scene, right? So it's only like a, a couple pages in which it talks about music industry. Yeah, it, it vacillates between actually like giving advice on how to how to enter into incorporate a uh, media into your campaigns and actually just giving the state of media in the cyberpunk 2020 world. It, it's really interesting to me the way they've done this. Uh, like I said, this book is almost all lore and, and, and flavor text and it's, it can actually be intimidating, especially since it's such a niche, uh, in you know, like I think media is probably the least played character role in in the games that I've run. I I've tried to get people to play them more often, but it, it's a lot of work to play a media. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had a few, um, but the the problem with them is oftentimes their 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 media role is not necessarily the the, the primary main, yeah in in the story um because i like i said it takes work like if you're playing a media that means you've got to be writing a story you've got to be uh presenting that story um your 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 back your role is not passive but it always kind of gets relegated to the background if unless the game is centered around that um I think media is more than any other any other role really should take advantage of that blue booking that they talk about in Listen Up You Primitive Screwheads. Yeah. Um, and a lot of GM player one-on-one collaboration maybe outside a game. Uh, playing a media can be incredibly rewarding. Um, but it, it, it also requires a lot of work. And this yeah. book helps with that. Yeah, and it definitely does a, a deep dive into brain dance, uh, the different types of brain dance, and, and why people get addicted to it. So there, it, indeed, that part of the chapter uh, is definitely worth a reading, in my opinion. Um, then <laughs> we're we're blowing through this book compared to Solo, but again, I think Solo had a little more meat. Well. The solo had lots of stuff to break up the flavor. Right. Uh, solo was like this, pop- popcorn. This is more like a, a full course meal that you have to uh, dig into and slowly enjoy. 
yeah, solo was like a third, a third flavor, um, a third gear, and then a third just you know other goodness. Yep. Which, of course, gets us to the next chapter, uh, which is the power of the media. This chapter, uh, I think, shouldn't have been a full chapter. I think it should have been like little sidebars. Uh, and little commentaries throughout the rest of the source book. But basically, in this particular chapter, it, it dives into different types of stories and how the media kind of impacts the world. Or, to me, they're, they're more story than, than really uh, relevant to, to a particular game. Right, and, and they kind of give background to, to the world, but it's kind of like background that I don't know. It's not necessarily needed. It, it's very niche background. Like if you're not playing a media, or if you're not running in a media based campaign, most of this information is just it's not going to be relevant to your characters. Well, e- even if you are playing a media, I don't think this particular chapter had that much to do with the relevance of whether you're a media or not, right? So the so the first story it's more which is geared really about two pages talks about a you know a, an anchor on net 54 who turns out to be an ai um and that ai is seeking autonomy and becoming a free will person because dms is trying to extract them <laughs> i mean it's it's an interesting it's, read uh, on like that whole concept uh, but again, I, it's, it comes across as a really, really long adventure hook. And again, I, I don't know if two pages really was worth it. And then they get into uh, subliminals, which subliminals. Uh, so what they did, they started using subliminals within Brain Dance. The story is pretty funny because they start putting in subliminals of like, um, you need to drink a, a certain soda, right? And, and you're yeah. always going to thirst for it and you thirst for it. So the first subject they put the subliminals on is, you know, a cyborg up dude who, as soon as they get him out of brain dance, he starts rampaging and starts killing everybody because he's thirsty for yeah. more soda, uh, which is funny. Learn. Yeah, which is funny, but again, that's kind of a a two or three paragraph story. But they they turned it into you know another two page thing. Um, again, they get into the the brain dance addiction, which I I I lose track of how many supplements have the same material. Same basic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, uh, if it's been printed in one source, you, you know, you, you constantly putting it in more and more in different sources. Yeah. <coughs> uh, I mean, it's weird. Like everybody knows what brain dance is who plays cyberpunk. Like everybody, everybody has, has come to the same realization, but I, I, I realized in the books, they don't ever really come out and say exactly what it entails. Uh, like in some books, they'll describe it as you know being 
like action movies or video games where they write stuff specifically for it. And others, they're talking about like brain dance recordings of uh, more what you see in the in the video game. Basically, the uh, the Strange Days experience, where it's just personal experiences being recorded. Yep. Uh, and then the next story. I def- what? Go ahead. Strange Days approach. That's that's me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've really done too much with brain dance in my campaigns. Um, no. I tried to do that once in which, you know, I did a TBK with uh, an assault and I said, okay, you guys wake up from a brain dance. Well, it wasn't uh, well received by my players. They're like, really? You're going to do a Bobby uh, Ewing on us? I was like, eh. Yeah, all a fucking dream. I didn't want to kill you guys. You, you guys still have more story to do. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've... I've... I've never used it directly. It's it's always just it's like okay, well your character is doing a brain dance. Your character's watching TV. Your character goes to the movies. Like it's never it's never been the focus of anything going on in any of my games. The the most it came down to was some people pulling some snuff film types brain dances and my cop characters had to chase them down. But never like personal like deep dives into it just never really interested me to be honest. Yeah. Well, I've always had or you know, various character types I've I've done I've always had to de- deal with some type of, you know, character flaw. Um I've never done a brain dance addiction though. That would be fun to play as a character. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense, and it, it definitely belongs in the world. Uh, it's just, in, in the source books, they're kind of inconsistent in in exactly what brain dance is, as far as, you know, what the experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, I always took it in that it's, like I said, I went the Strange Days approach, where even if the events are scripted, there's no interaction with it. You just follow through on whatever clip you happen to be watching at the time, but I can see how that would be very addictive. Like, if you've seen the movie Strange Days, it... Yeah. I've often wondered if the people who made that movie were were cyberpunk fans, if that's where they got the idea for it. Well, they probably like the genre. Um, Oh, definitely. Or they were fans of what was that movie prior? Mindscape? That's very possible. That's that's very possible. Was that the name of that movie? Or Brainstorm uh, or something yeah. crazy weird like that? Dreamscape. Brainscape. Dreamscape. Dreamscape. You're talking about the one with uh, where the dude goes into people's dreams? Uh... No, there was a movie, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think this is it. And it's like a machine. Uh, I don't remember any machine, no. I think we're t- talking about two different things. It's uh, very possible. Yeah, this is something different. Oh, this is... Dennis Quaid. No, there was a, a movie. 
uh, maybe it was Brainstorm or Mindstorm. Um, basically, it was a device that they would put on their heads, and they, and it was brain dance, really. Um, and it was like out back in the 80s. Storm. 1983. Christopher Walken. Yeah, I think it's this one. Brainstorm. Oh, geez. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they. That's. Yeah, you're right. That's probably where they, where the idea originally came from. Yeah. Wow, I had forgotten that movie existed. Yeah. So, so brainstorm is basically the infancy of, of brain dance, and that came back out in '83. <coughs> um. Yeah, so so agreed. Brain dance is is just a, a very weird um, type of thing, and, and again, you can definitely find various references in, in the media. Um, but like I was saying, with this supplement, it does have you know a good amount of, of pages dedicated towards the discussion. But like I said, there's there's other supplements as well that also do these deep dives of, of brain dance as well. And it just, to me, you know, the regurgitation or even the conflict of messages from either of these sources can be um, can be a problem, especially when you're trying to figure out what what is canon, right? Uh, so let's get back to this. Go ahead. Well, I was going to get back to the to the supplement and um, continue the, the the talk of of this particular chapter because again it, it goes into another story about um, a live uh, execution which kind of was like uh, I, I know they've done it before in which people vote on whether to execute the person or not or or clear his name. Yeah, but you also like. I'm pretty sure I know you're going. It's it's the direct precursor to the Cinnerman quest in 2077. Yeah, little little yeah. less graphic, <laughs> a little less controversial. Yeah, I mean you don't take place in it part in it personally, but you can see that. I would be really surprised if this wasn't direct inspiration for that in the 2077 game as it's you know, canon for the 2020 universe. Yeah. Um, and then this chapter kind of rounds off with uh, just some small uh, discussions of, like, the media war between the two uh, corporations, um, some of the, the tricks they use to kind of get people to buy into the scene. Uh, and whether medias are crusaders or not, right? Are they trying to get the truth or are they trying to propagate uh, propaganda? Um, so those those last two pages, I think, should have just been enough. Uh, again, the, the, the previous stories could have been just little side blurbs of one or two paragraphs. If you haven't told... If you haven't been able to tell yet, uh, this is not one of my favorite uh, splat books of uh, of uh, the Cyberpunk 2020. So, I'm being honest, it, it just 
it's it's very niche. It's if you're not playing a media, most of this information or running a media based corporation. Yeah. Uh, this, this information just really comes across as not as necessary. This is probably of all the cyberpunk supplements, this is probably my least referenced, uh, least used. Yeah, when we start getting into the, the books for uh, the regions, right? Like UK, Rough Guide to the UK, Eurosource Plus, um, Pack Rim. When we start getting into that, yeah, those, yes, you should have stories, you should have content, you should have, you know, descriptions, a lot more descriptions of those territories as opposed to this, which is, I don't know. I, I, I think they overdid it. For a, for a book dedicated to medias, for this not to have any any tech at all in it, uh, or any rules, it, it really just... Like you said, they could have condensed like half of these stories uh, down much further and thrown... You know, some various recording devices, whatever, anything, to uh, to flesh it out. All the other, all the other role-specific books, Wildside, Solo of Fortune, Rocker Boy, they 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 break out, they break free from the flavor every now and then with some you know groovy bits of tech or some examples of how to run an actual like character in that role and this kind of does that a little bit but for the most part it's just background flavor it's 90 pages of background flavor yeah and and to me you know the the bart morse guide to the net you would say that's part i mean there was little nuggets uh, of for for a net runner but it was also in my opinion more of a a uh Gazetteer, I don't know what it's called, but basically a supplement dedicated towards description of a new region, a new and uh, culture, nation, right? Because the net is really its own. Yeah, world. I mean, you know, moving between LDLs and they, uh, I don't know. It just it seemed to grasp the idea that this is a book for players more than live and direct. Mm. And and for me, the other uh, role books had stuff that was re- related to other characters and to your campaign you're trying to run, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can pull in things where this, a lot of it's kind of background stuff. Um, not a lot of players watch the, the media. You, you can try to influence and, and put it in there, but this book does not help with that. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's written by some really talented people, and there's some fantastic oh. art in here. But just as and, and as a supplement, and don't get me wrong, the writing is good. It's just for a cyberpunk supplement, I, I I don't know. It's really it, it's a chore to try and integrate all this stuff into your game because mm. so much of it is just like background flavor like nothing that your characters would really interact with unless like i said they are running a very specific media-based campaign so we're halfway through the book 
no rules yet, no game stats, no nothing um, about the game. Uh, then comes the in the spotlight. Uh, there is a two to three page uh, article on the day in the life of a media, which kind of breaks down how uh, a media lives their life and, and how they would live in the world. Um, which and is once good. again, this section is printed on black, black text on a gray background. Well, Artasarian is is notorious for that. Yeah, but it's three pages of yeah. it. But the good thing, and again, to me, the previous 40-some-odd pages could have been condensed into two or three, or even in one chapter. And then you get into the day in the life. And then after the day in the life, it starts getting into actual usefulness, which is breaking down the media role into... Uh, the different sub roles, similar to what Wildside did for for fixers, for right? And this is really the most useful part of the book here. Uh, it's it, it breaks down. This is as close to rules uh, additions as it get. As it breaks down, like you said, various different types of medias and how to portray them. Um, this isn't a very long chapter, but it's really the meat of the book right here. Yep. Um, and after the the various roles, uh, which include like you know, tabloid monger, uh, war correspondent, and and a bunch of other ones, which are definitely an interesting read. Again, <clears throat> not sure if they should have had the amount of paragraphs for each one, but it's still. It gives you choices on how to do a media and, and different skills to choose from. Uh, then it gets into actual stat, statting out uh, a news team, right? So you have the media, who's the reporter. You, you would then have the techie, who would be the camera guy, right, or the driver. Uh, Netrunner would be a researcher. You would have a solo to be a bodyguard because, of course, you're in 2020, so everyone needs a bodyguard. The corp would be the um, producer. So, so it kind of gives you a way in which you can start integrating other roles. <clears throat> in a media-based campaign. Yeah. And, and you guys play as like a media crew. Uh, and then there's a one page of like the top media people within the world, which is, of course, Dr. Uh, Paradox, C.J. O'Reilly, Angie Wu, and Cameron Ride. Again, all four get just that one page. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything else gets these big, long chapters basically dedicated to it. Yeah. And then when it actually gives you examples of NPCs, they're just all... <laughs> A one sentence. One this is what this person does, right? Yeah, they, they give you one sentence for the description of the person, and then they stat them out and give you like their cybernetics and their skills and their possessions, like... Why? <laughs> yeah. Then the following page is uh, two vehicles, an AV and a chopper. Um, I don't know why the oh, van I, is considered I, I, a chopper. But yeah. Yeah this uh, this is as close to gear as you get in the in the in the book. Like it's one page. 
Um, the next chapter, or it's not actually next chapter, but it's called Getting the Story, uh, in which it kind of discusses how the different media, right, news versus radio station versus screen sheets, how they print or, or produce stories and how much time you get, uh, which is also followed by doing an interview, what skills to use, and it kind of gives you, it's an interesting that they use the table to to kind of show yeah. the, the target numbers. Our first table. Yeah. And it gives you kind of target numbers uh, of what you're looking to do to see what is produced. And it doesn't give a, a modifier to to this table, except for like if you make another attempt, you get minuses to try to do another attempt with the interview. As opposed yeah. to... You know, so if I have like an NPC who has a cool of ten, right, and a fast talk of, of five, or you know, and I get interviewed, you know, if that player rolls a thirty or plus, he basically tells him everything. Everything, filling the beans, baby. <laughs> so that's like going to Saburo and saying, "Hey, tell me all the dirty secrets of Arasaka." Well, you rolled the thirty, so uh, there's this thing called Makoshi. There's, you know, our <laughs> banking industry that we have blackmail material on every single uh, people and throwing them into our online prisons. We also have dirt on every single, you know, government official and every single uh, <laughs> corporate uh, executive. And here's all that oh, stuff for you too. Number. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, that should be a, a, a roll versus, and then you, you determine the numbers from I mean, there. At least, like, this is it, this is the first time you actually see rules for, you know, how to use the interview skill or intimidate or true interrogate, oratory, seduction, whatever. Like, this is, this is the first time those rules actually get some kind of definition. But still, it's... <laughs> it's just a little bit in the middle of giant walls of text. Yeah. And then the next page is how you compose your story. And there's a full full page discussion of how you would compose your story and, and kind of gives you a timeline of how long it would take you to create a story for news versus a screen sheet versus radio. And you can kind of reduce that time by making, or, or there's a difficulty number based on how much time you have, right? Which I, I like to roll a thirty. It takes you fifteen minutes. It doesn't matter how big the story is. It it just takes you fifteen minutes to write it. But but to me, it's like, okay, so well, I guess if you I have get, I wrong. time pressure That's per twenty five centimeters of of, of <coughs> I guess. So. I, I don't know. Editing time per minute slash 25 centimeters. I don't know what that is actually supposed to mean. Mm. Uh, but then again, like, okay, who cares about time, right? I'm going to publish a story tomorrow. I, I'm the one who interviewed him. No one else did. And, and you know, I, I could yeah, see it's this. A weird thing to focus on at the exclusion of everything else they could have focused on. Right. And, and if you're pressed for time, if, and 
again, I think it's even today, right? There is this kind of, I want to up to the minute news um, and how that stuff gets reported. Usually news stories are coming from Associated Press or Reuters and various news outlets will report on that stuff, right? As, as news. Uh, Or you have the local news that does the report and then that propagates throughout the whole system. I don't know if time is necessarily that crucial that you have to worry about composition. Where it could be, um, like if your character's like working on a deadline or something, but I don't, I don't know that I would have dedicated that much space to it. And like I said, at the exclusion of other stuff. Like, it being in here is nice, but, I mean, I would have... I would have liked some tables for the various equipment qualities for yep. recording stories and... Uh, or how, do you, how uh, do you create a good story, right? So it would be composition plus your uh, credibility right as another modifier and then have a chart of if you score this this is how many people it affects this is how many this is how much the government will react to it or 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 the corporation or the corporation right yeah so if what kind of if you roll low the corporation does nothing the news story is ignored um if you roll really high the corporation disassociates themselves with that branch, does an internal investigation, fires those people. Those people are brought up to make the charges. Yeah, I mean, something like along those lines. Um, And that's how, you know, news story, or how how it's portrayed in movies, um, how powerful the news can be. Even with um, Max Hedrum, yes, his stories didn't weren't always successful in bringing down the corporation but it it gnawed at this right and chipped away at it this book came out just as transmetropolitan was starting and from the from the very first episode transmetropolitan has been my favorite book of all time and i was really excited to get this book because i was like yeah i can yeah and then for the for the real lack of rules of how to run that, it, it, it just always left kind of a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. Like disappointment. Um, yeah, so that chapter is the one that had actual kind of useful uh, material for the game itself. Um, again... Yeah. Mm, not sure about the interview or the the composition and and how they did those rules, but it's something, (laughs) as opposed to to trying to figure it out on your own. Like, finding credible sources uh, to get to that big story. Um, They they just really kind of, the book really just kind of takes it for granted that you get to the guy you need to interview the big guy and yeah. have the big scoop but it doesn't it doesn't get into any of the minutia of getting to that point and i would have preferred more of that and i think that's why i like red's uh version of credibility 
as a special ability because it actually defines <coughs> what you're doing as as a media, you know. Yeah, red is. I mean, you've heard me talk about it a lot. It's it was one of the impetuses for me doing Interlock Unlimited and changing all the roles is because this is one of those roles where it's just really abstract as to what you're supposed to be doing with it. Yep. Yeah, and that's another thing. They don't address the special ability at all. Not not at all. None of it. Like, not even as a bonus to to those tables. Like, nothing. Your credibility... Credibility as a role is... Or as a special ability is just ignored in this book. And it... Whereas with Wildside, it went deep into depth of how you're supposed to play that out and how it works. Yep. Um, Then you get into the next chapter of media campaigns, which is useful uh, if you're looking to create media campaigns. It kind of gives you some directions and and some type of campaign themes that you would use uh, when you're dealing with the media as an organization, whether it's, you know, your freelance versus uh, pirated uh, underground media. Um, and We get another full page of, sam- of a sample TV guide listing. Well, um, I like those. Which, <laughs> I, mean, I like them, but how many books did we, have we already gotten this? In? Eh. Rock Boy, there was Home of the Brave. Um I mean, it's fun. It, it's 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 fun, but it's it's a whole page of it. But it's media group media supplement, and I'm happy with that. They only put one page, right? I, I guess, yeah. That's that's because it's only one page, and it's one page. It's appropriate in the supplement. It's appropriate in in uh, Land of the Free or Home of the Brave. I always get those confused. Um, so it's so appropriate. You see, and it just. Again, I'm kind of. I I look at the book and I, I'm still to this day a little bit disappointed. It didn't go more into detail on other yeah. things, other aspects of the media. Well, it also gives you ideas of how to play bad medias, right? Who propagate the propaganda. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I like that it. it gives you the. It really gives you the good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugly being, you know, pirate media. Um, it Like, this chapter is one of the more useful chapters in the game. Um, again, I, I think they could have added some rules to this. That's my real only complaint. Yep. And to finish out the book, the last chapter is basically a a, uh, background on the two media corporations, DMS and Net54. There is no... uh, It's kind of... Some of it is a little bit of a a, a corporate profile, but not really, right? Compared to, like, the corporate books in which it kind of lists their various assets. Um and goes into a little more detail of what what the corporation has to back it up. Um, This is more or less background fluff for these corporations. 
Yeah, it's it's basically their own mini corp reports, but without all the useful information, like you said. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, it would have been nice if they had, like, you know, the, the statted out uh, presidents. Um, they do go into Howard Wong and his story, but why don't they stat them out like, like they've done with uh, the other corp- corporates? And even Net54, or World, sorry, it's not Net54, it's World News. Oh, no, Net54, they do have World News. So there's three corporations. Yeah, it, it gives, I mean, they're the three big ones. Yeah, but I mean, just like in, in they talk about DMS's CEO, but they don't talk about the other two's uh, leadership teams, which would have been helpful. <laughs> Yeah, it, it like I said, it's all it, like ninety percent of the ninety five percent of the book is flavor with just a little bit of stuff that like relatively relatively nothing in terms of of what to do. And when there is stuff like this, uh, where it gives examples of play or even a even the campaign in the book is is mostly just flavor. Yeah. I know it's early, but basically that's the book. Um, again, if I had to rank my books, Live and Direct would be probably one of. The, I'm trying to think of what one I would have put even below it. Hardwired. Well, Hardwired isn't really canonical, right? To to twenty twenty. No, no. I'm just saying for official products. Like I, I think I've actually referenced Hardwired and When Gravity Fails more than more than this book. Yeah. Um, there's just for the average cyberpunk player, there's just I, I can't really recommend buying this book uh, because there's just not anything for them there. Um, even for most m- media's, if you're playing a media just as part of a larger campaign that doesn't focus on you, there's there's not really a whole lot in this book you're going to find that's going to be helpful. Mm. Um, the the couple of tables are, are, are okay. Uh, the examples of play are, are, are solid, like the different types of media there are. That's, that's some solid information, but it's... It's 95 pages of, of it's like 90 pages of, of fluff and like maybe five pages of information that an actual player would find useful for the most part. Or a referee. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of background information. If you're a completist, buy the book. Uh, if you want to know as much as you can about canon, there's... There's a lot of information here that is part of the lore, but it just is really, really just one little corner of the game that is expanded out to this this foretell Saurian book, what's one of their larger source books. Yep. And to me, I'd rather buy The Rocker Boy. Um, yeah. Because there's this pretty much almost duplicate information. Yeah, and and Rocker Boy's got the bits of tech and the bits of rules and 
Like it's half the size of this book, but it's much more useful, mm. even if it's, even though it's a 2013 source book. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to like this book much more than I ended up liking it. It's I like everyone involved in writing the book. I like the artists. I just I, I don't. It's not a book that you know gets used. And again, the writing is good. It's just the content doesn't necessarily fly, especially with the purpose of it, which was, I didn't think the purpose was to describe every little nuance of the media. I thought it was more or less a book really getting dedicated towards the media role. <coughs> or even the yeah. rocker boy, right? Um. I mean, I get the fluff. I get that they want to fill out the world. But I would have preferred something more along the lines of, like, Neo-Tribes. Mm. Uh, where it, yeah, it's more directly impacting of the game you're running. This, this is like the Artalsorian version of the of the Cimmerillion, kind of. It's just a big chore to read, and it doesn't really impact your game. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, this is a short hope. <laughs> or a short tale from us two, I'm afraid. Because um, I don't yeah. want to get into the rocker boy, because like I said, I think there's a lot more meat in here that we can discuss. Um, specifically the layout, which is kind of like the solo of fortunes. Uh, it's kind of a yeah. magazine format, but I'd, I'd rather save that for the next episode that we do the reviews. It's own thing. I, I tend to agree. Um Yeah, I can't. I, I can't really. There's nothing really else to say about this book. Uh, in in some ways, it was it was kind of prophetic in how the media has become corporate controlled. In other ways, it's it's ridiculously dated. It was written at a time when we couldn't possibly imagine the impact the internet would have on the way we digest media. Uh, to the point that, you know, television, magazines, newspapers, these aren't really a thing in our day-to-day -day life anymore. Mm. Um, we, we watch streaming services. We get our news from the Internet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, this book. It just... It's one of those that doesn't seem to really have a whole lot of impact on the on the game or the world, to be honest. Yep. So I think uh, I'm kind of winding down. Um, again, I don't have too much else to say. Um, other than if you're a complete completionist, by all means, go and snag it. Um, if you're bored and want to, you know, need some help getting to sleep this book can probably help with that um but i mean you, a pdf on on drive through rpg is, is not expensive it's like six or seven dollars yeah uh so it's well worth the price 
Yeah, you're you're getting a, a ton time. of information. It's just I don't know how much information is going to be relevant to you or your game. That's yeah. that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. All right. Um, so next episode, like I said, we're supposed to be having an interview with uh, Jay Gray. Uh, I got to touch base with him and remind him. Hopefully he remembers. Um, <laughs> else we'll come up with something, I'm sure. Uh, then the following episode is going to be on the Rocker Boy, right? So the last uh, or the second episode of a month, uh, we do a deep dive into one of the various 2020 supplements. Um, and because it's getting towards that season, I think we're going to be here for the first Wednesday of December, but we're going to take a, a few uh, weeks off or a few episodes off, catch our breaths, figure out what we want to do, um, try to work out, you know, the coming year, what we can try to get done for everyone, uh, to keep this going. As always, don't be afraid to drop us a line either on the Discord or, you know, through various other channels, email, Facebook, whatever. However you can get a hold of us. If you've got uh, ideas for what you'd like to see on the show or questions for us, by all means, we love interacting. Or have us talk about stuff. Um, definitely should do like a episode of War Stories. <clears throat> yeah, that would be, that would be fun. Uh, yeah, so... That's it. Uh, I am the Cyber Smiley. You can find my work over on cybersmiley.net. That's Cyber Smiley without the ending E. Uh, <clears throat> I also uh, am floating around on several different discords uh, that have everything to do with Cyberpunk, whether it's Cyberpunk 2020, Cyberpunk Red, even some uh, 2077 Discord servers I'm on. Uh, also a writing uh cyberpunk discord i'm also follow uh the various reddits for cyberpunk uh, i might start getting back into twitter and facebook because that's what people use although <laughs> i really don't want to because there's just so much <laughs> so much toxicity there i just I yeah it's, a, it's definitely a distraction as long as i uh, I don't read other people's posts. <laughs> I should be fine. But yeah, so... And you can catch me out on uh, Cyber, Cyber Nation Uncensored's Discord. And of course, you can find me here on uh, Tales from the Forlorn Dopes. Over to you. I am Wisdom. That's Wisdom with three zeros behind it. Uh, I run DataFortress2020.com the largest, most comprehensive Cyberpunk 2020 site you're going to find. Um, you can get a hold of me there or on... Uh, you can get a hold of me through Cyber Smiley's uh, Discord. I don't hang out on Discord much during the week, but if you message me or hell, even mention me, I'll get an alert and I'll try and respond. Uh, I snipe comments on, on Reddit on the various Cyberpunk 2020, Red, and uh, other affiliated channels there. I'm on Facebook, both at the Data Fortress 2020 group and the Cyberpunk 2020 group, as well as uh, the CyberNation Uncensored group. Um, we love hearing from you. Uh, and any interaction we can have, 
we're all for. Yep. Um, we also yeah. like to uh, thank Rob uh, and Cyber Nation Uncensored for hosting us. So go Indeed. check his stuff out at CyberNationUncensored.com uh, as well as his uh, Discord. And you're already on his Twitch, so you know about all his various uh, actual plays for not only Cyberpunk Red, but also uh, various other things like Dune, RPG, uh, what was the other one? Cowboys and Coyotes? Or am I thinking? Fallout. Uh, um, Fallout. And a bunch of other stuff coming up. Um, definitely go keep on coming back to this channel because... There is a wealth of media here. So, all right. Well, I guess we're Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah, and we're signing out. See ya. Thank you.